named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast, sponsored by Revis.com. Massive thank you to Revis for being very patient over the last couple of weeks whilst I have either forgotten about them or pretended that we are sponsored by Sam's favourite other podcast that he seems to mention <laughs> every other week. Um, as we say at the end of the show, if, you, if you've if you got any building projects or any visualisation or you want to try and appeal to the new build sector, tech, check out revis.com, R-E-W-V-I-S.com. My name is Mo, I'm joined by Mr. Sam Hunter today. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. Uh, I'm very well. Thank you very much. That was a, like, uh suspiciously energetic hello and welcome to another episode from you this morning felt like i had to remove my microphone from my ear so we are geared up for for a big episode today um it's been a while since we've had a guest so i'm really looking forward to sort of sitting down and, and talking to an agent and getting their thoughts on not just their their own practice but the market as well which means one we don't want to keep waiting too long two yeah. we don't want this to turn into an hour and a half long episode because i'm sure it'll be a good conversation and three we've got to finish off our A to Z of traits of a world-class estate agent. I believe we've been going through five every single week. We've got six to get through today. So without further ado, should you kick us off and finish us off with U to Z uh, of our A to Z of characteristics of world-class estate agents? Yeah, let's do it. Sorry if I was a bit loud. Um, It's just, it's just, I'm just... You get pumped. The sun's out. (laughs) sun's out. I've got my... It on again second tuesday he does look very smart ladies and gentlemen uh, i haven't seen mark look this good for work in a very long time he looks he's up for it today it's a nice it's a nice sunny day and we are happy yeah. but let's let's crack on so uh last six of a to z so we are starting with you and we felt that uh the right characteristic of a world-class estate agency uh, with starting with the letter u was understanding so as a as an agent you have to be understanding of your clients' needs of their situation. And I think this sort of then relays into a service and not having a one-size-fits-all service. You have mm. to be able to understand what they're going through and adapt your service and your communication accordingly as well, I believe. Without a doubt, you know, uh, we talk about empathy all the time uh, and we had yeah. energy in this because we knew that we were going to have understanding later on down the track. and. Um, there was a, uh, there's a guy who wrote a book called Exactly What to Say, a chap called Phil Jones, and he sort of feels like he's come out of nowhere, which means he's probably been working his ass off for the last 10 years. Behind the scenes. Um, yeah, and he, he talks about this thing where he goes, before you can ever give anybody advice, you have to be able to say these words, and it's because you said or because you told me X, whatever it is, right? So until you can actually understand their needs and articulate it back to them, it's very difficult to give advice that will actually ever be heated. So that is why we've gone with understanding. You, you need to understand everybody you're dealing with, right? Um, some people will call that qualification. Some people will say you've got to get to know them, but we're going with understanding. If, if you can't understand them, it's going to be impossible to deliver a level of a service that you'd sit back and be proud of, but that that's going to blow them away and give them a, a surprise in 
in the right direction, I guess. So that's you. We're going to move on to V. Uh, v for us, we, we've gone with visionary. Um, and I don't mean that in, in the Elon Musk blowing up spaceships sense, uh, which was in the news of the last week. I mean in the sense that, and it's not just a, an estate agent trade, right? But if, if you want to succeed in anything, you know, relationships, family life, personal life, fitness, health, doesn't matter. You've got to have a vision for what you want in the future mm-hmm. because that's what gets you through the times where you're not flying, you know? Um, if anyone's ever read the book, Dr. Seuss, Oh, the places you'll go, it talks about you soaring to great heights and seeing all the great places. And then it says, except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. And actually you've got to have a vision for getting out of those situations. We've got to get, have a vision and a clear vision to start something or to go forward in, in one way or another, but then you've got to have a clear vision and stick to it when you, when you meet those tough times and a, a world-class estate agent has a clear vision of their goals, right? Whether that's, what are they going to do today? What are they going to do this week? What are they going to do in the month? What's their yearly goals? And they chunk them down. They figure out what they've got to go and do to achieve that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just relentlessly, boringly, consistently do it day in, day out. Yeah, and I think that's a really good separation that you, you don't have to be visionary to to be you know doing all that you know amazing stuff like someone like Elon Musk. Your vision can be, you know, just very specific to you it might seem you know small to other people but actually having that vision and taking steps to achieve them as you say trunking them down and what have you is is the thing that that makes Mm -hmm. the the big difference the w that goes with it and i don't think you can achieve a vision or a powerful vision without it is the work ethic so we all we all know this this industry is not nine to five um sometimes you have to put in long hours and go above and beyond for clients that to me that going above and beyond isn't just doing the work at the time it should be done but actually you know putting it in when you've got to put it in and work ethic is something that i don't think you would see any world-class agent without that as a character trait um, and, you know, it might change through different stages of, of the career, the amount of work that they have, have to put in. But that underlying work ethic will never waver, in my opinion, if you want to be a world-class agent. Uh, 100%. Um, and that's something that maybe we don't talk about enough. Just putting it into those words is work. You, you've got to have it. We talk about consistency. We, we talk about discipline. They all kind of mean the same sort of thing, right? If you're not willing to work you're not going to get your work ethic or you raise those up to meet your goals there's, there's no way that you get those two things meet unless you're willing to do one or the other i guess um and actually uh, this one kind of almost goes against uh, what we just talked about in terms of being boring and being consistent and everything like that because it's not a lot of words that start with x in the english uh, language no. anyway uh and and my mandarin is not that strong to go out and find something in another language so uh for x we've gone with x factor which when you go from uh, being empathetic and having a high work ethic to then talking about having an X factor. Um, it's often seen as they're like the, the special players in football that can do things that everybody else can't, right? But probably the reality is they've practiced over and over mm-hmm. again. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo can jump double his height because he leg presses three or four times a week, right, to get the strength in his legs. So he can do that because he's got that work ethic. He's built that X factor. Not to say that uh i don't I, I do feel that there's some sort of natural ability that comes with it as well we spoke about this earlier um a few episodes back where people think uh they can learn the 
either the sexy stuff or the organizational stuff, right? When we were talking about being organized and mm -hmm. the reality is it's a lot more fun to learn the sexy stuff than it is to learn the organization. And and the sexy stuff is probably what people would describe as, as X factor, you know, a combination of the right skills, the right personality that ends up setting them apart from the rest. But you can learn that stuff and you can develop mm -hmm. that stuff. And if you've got a great personality, go and find the right skills. If you've got the fight, the right skills, go and read a book on charisma or communication and, and build that X factor. But, take the work ethic into it so that you're getting there faster and a more consistent way than perhaps others who are just born with it and are relying on their natural talent and sit back and think, I'm really good at this. They'll come to me. Yeah. And that's that untapped potential. That's Adele Tarapt or whatever his name was. He was all X factor, no work ethic. I was just, I was just going to say, I think if we bring it back to football for, for a minute, you, you're right that you have those players with the X factor, but actually we're talking about world-class here. And in, in this, in this day and age, you don't play for Pep Guardiola's Man City, if you've not got the work ethic to go with the X Factor, for example. We've seen mm. a few players over the years come, come and go there, or you look at someone like Sergio Aguero, for example, when Pep first went there, loads of X Factor, he had to develop the work ethic because he wants to be the very, very best, the, you know, right, mm. the, at, right at the top of, of world class. And I think the X Factor comes with it as well as the work ethic. I don't think they're, they're exclusive if you want to be the, the very, very best. I agree with that, hundred percent. Right, Y and Z. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're stretching here, right? We set ourselves a goal of going from A to Z, and now we're stretching on the home stretch to get to the end. So, not a great deal of adjectives uh, starting <laughs> starting with Y. Who would have thought? Um, but we've gone with yes, people, because we are uh, gender neutral and politically correct at this podcast at, at all times. Um, mm -hmm. And what we mean by by a world-class agent is a yes person, is that they've got a can-do attitude, they've got a positive outlook, they stay energetic, enthusiastic about their work, and when a challenge is, like, come over their way, they see them as an opportunity. And they go, this, you know, I can get over that stumbling block rather than going, oh, it's, it's pretty hard. Oh, I don't think I'll worry about that. Uh, so, yeah, why we've gone with yes people. <laughs> Yes, I like it. And Zed, Zed was done quite well with Zed, to be fair, because Zed, we've gone with Zed. I think it's good. Yeah, so a world-class agent is passionate and zealous about their work and always striving to be and do their best and achieve those those great results. So I think that we've done done quite well to get an X, Y, and Z, yeah. the characteristics of, of world-class estate agency. And actually, you know, we talk, we've talked over the last few weeks about the the most important. I think actually if you put all together, and I won't listen now because I'm very conscious that we've got a guest and we don't want this uh, podcast to go on for a couple of hours, but if you sit down and, and list them all, all of those characteristics are important if you want to be a world-class agent. 100%. And, and that's the thing. It's go back, listen to them all, recognize what is intrinsically within yourself, and then what can you go and develop? And it's not 26 characteristics. It's which ones spring out at you is that's something I want to work on or that's something I want to double down on. You know, you and I have been having these conversations offline of like we, we can develop this more in ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We can look for this more in our people. This is going to help not just business but relationships at home with friends and family and all that sort of stuff too. So that's why we did the exercise, right, was we wanted to have this discussion as much for everybody listening as, as we did for ourselves. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm glad that we did it. Don't think we'll be doing it again. Anytime soon, we'll figure out something else fun to do when we've got 
three weeks without a guest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but hopefully everyone's taken something away from it. And and as we sort of say, week in, week out on this show, if, if there's something in there that resonates with you, do something about it. Yeah, that's absolutely. It. And I think that's it. You know, you can use it as a bit of a personal audit. And as you say, pick a few that resonate today and tomorrow and this month. And then there's a couple more that you can go and, and work on. It can be that personal audit. Um, rate yourself against those characteristics and find some areas to improve and maybe congratulate yourself if you've, you know, if you think that you're absolutely outstanding in, in those areas, but um, shall we now dive in and introduce today's guest? So this podcast doesn't go on for two hours. <laughs> looking forward to speaking to him. Yeah, let's do it. Here at the world-class agency podcast, we love it when our fellow friends of the show, our listeners put forward potential guests to come on. Uh, and today's guest, his name has been mentioned more than once. Uh, he was described to us as driven, committed and honest and when you get adjectives like that put against your name it's somebody that we feel like we really had to sit down and talk to he started out by cutting his teeth in a very competitive central london's letting market before starting his own business back in 2016 since then he's established his agency as the number one agency in actually my old neck of the woods we've been talking about this morning finsbury park in a north london uh good part of the world if you ask me just not when you have kids um, and I think from his ethos as uh, empathetic, service, results-driven, uh, as well as having a really eye on culture and community, um, and he's able to motivate his team of nearly 35, 35-plus 35 uh, staff members through encouragement rather than fear, we thought this is a guy that's going to be a hit for our audience and for a conversation with Mark and I. So Aaron Cox, Managing Director of David Asprey's, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. No, thanks very much for, for coming on, Aaron. I understand that you you are a listener of the show, so you know the first question <laughs> that's coming, and it's what does world-class agency look like to you? Great question. Um, world-class agency, oh, I always take it back to going above and beyond at every opportunity. I think I think when, when people talk about world, being world-class, and it's about doing the basics unbelievably well, managing expectations, you know, under-promising and over-delivering um, and making sure that, you know, the communication is just that. Can you, so can you talk us through, when you say going above and beyond at every opportunity, can you give us an example of one, describe an opportunity to us and then what does above and beyond look like to you and your team? Absolutely. So, for example, I mean, just say from a vendor care perspective, you know, ultimately <laughs> we, we, at any one time, um, we will be speaking to our vendors consistently throughout the week. However, you know, we, we're not one of those um, uh, faceless corporates who ultimately will say, you know, you'll hear from us on, on a Wednesday, for example. Ultimately, if we've done a, a viewing and you know what, and the viewing has been positive, we've had some constructive feedback, we'll be relaying that feedback that day because ultimately, you know, we consider it's a collaboration between us and vendors. It shouldn't mm. be kind of square pegs in square holes. So again, it's just, you know, we say to them, we may engage with them maybe a few times a week. If there's something positive to feedback or something constructive, then we'll always be picking up the phone consistently to engage with our, our client base. You talked about there about collaboration uh, with us and the vendors are, and I, I often talk about that with my clients as well. And I, I think that, you know, selling a house is often a, a partnership, but can you give us any examples about how you think you as your independent agency, maybe collaborate more with your clients than uh, maybe the, the corporates that you talk about there? What are a few differences in, in how that service is delivered and what it looks like and the benefits to the client? 
Love that. Absolutely love that question. So, I mean, there's a number of things that we do. I mean, there's something that we're very, very proud to be. Um, and we always, you know, convey this you know, from inductions, you know, on a daily basis in our business, is that we want to be high touch. And, you know, often on inductions, we'll talk about things that we will do at DA to be high touch with our vendors and client base. And normally when I kind of, um, on an induction, I'll say to them, you know, what does high touch mean to that said individual? What experience do you have of being high touch? And people will be like, you know, I'll speak to a vendor one day a week. <laughs> you know, I, I, I might give feedback. I'm like, okay. Um, but for us, you know, going down to the granular stuff, you know, when it comes to the, our, our, our marketing, you know, we will get our, um, our vendors involved in the marketing particulars. Ultimately, they know the product, their home, better than anybody else. You know, whether it be due to images, when it comes down to description, yeah. whether it comes down to our social media strategy, to ultimately ensure we get enough eyeballs on it to ultimately deliver the result that they seek. Um, owners loves, um, you know, all these little marginal gains make a massive difference. And it's ultimately, we've just got to find that one person who that will resonate with um, to find a buyer. I am. Um, I love that. Like getting your clients involved in the marketing, they know everything better. They know where the light hits, the right time to take the photos, et cetera. And I think from a, from a results point of view, so getting them the best price in the right amount of time for them, et cetera, that makes perfect sense. But from a relationship perspective as well, right? I was literally before we started this podcast, writing an email uh, to somebody who, who's asked like, how do we go and win more business from other agents? And I sort of started off the reply being like, how do you keep your own vendors? Right. And I'm thinking to myself, as you're saying that, it's just like serendipitous that one conversation happens to link in and help inspire another. And I'm like, imagine if you sat in a room with somebody and everyone else said, we'll put a sign at the front, we've got the photos today, et cetera. And you were like, when's the best time to take photos at your house? And what's the question that a friend of the show, Stephen Brown, fellow Tottenham fan, uh, talks about all the time? He's like, what's, what's your favorite thing about a property that's not obvious? You ask those questions, not only are you going to get them a great result and a great price, and they're going to be shouting about your process to everyone else. What about the relationship that you're going to build so that when the next agent knocks on their door, when they see them going right, maybe they're like, hey, come with us. You're still and you're cooling off. We're cheaper and we'll do it for you. And they say, sorry, these guys have invested in me. They've done something really unique. It's powerful, right? So it goes both ways. It keeps your client and it's going to get them the best result. And can I elaborate on that as well? I mean, for us, I, I, the analogy I always use in our business is, you know, to our valuers, to our branch directors. Is, it's like, imagine a 100-meter race. And our job is to deliver such a good service to the, the potential vendor that ultimately we're not, we're not actually, it's no longer a 100-meter race. The only distance we need to do is from 50 meters to 100 meters because the service and the advice that we're giving mm. is so good that ultimately our competitors, they're starting at the 100-meter line, whereas our service is so, you're making it impossible for other agents. And I think that's been one of the biggest driving factors in our business today, which has enabled us, you know, ultimately, you know, we're five, five years in and for just under 40, 40 staff full time, you know, we're in-house, you know, uh, marketing teams, photographers, and it's all about the 1%, the marginal mm. gains, because these marginal gains have compounded over many a year. And that's why, you know, in, in, with lots of the stock and opportunities that we take on, no, I don't, I hate being pigeonholed to say, oh, you know, you know, we're one of many. No, I want to be one of one. We, we, you know, we're very, very different. And I think the biggest difference for us versus lots of our companies, and there's some great agents in the marketplace, by the way, 
but is that we're a service-based model and we're, we're under no illusions about that. You know, we're that confident that we will deliver such a good service that mm. the business, the transactions will follow. Whereas lots of our com competitors are very kind of focused at it's business at all costs. It might not even be the best transaction um, for that vendor to commit to, but you know, because it's the only offer they've got, you know, they might not be financially qualified. They might be in a long complex chain. It's, you know, you've got to ultimately put your, put yourself in a position where it's you're protecting the vendor's best interest. And I think that's a massive key difference. I think that that's a massive role of an estate agent that's not talked about enough, right? Is that you're there to say to them, this is not the right decision. I, I was having a conversation with friends of mine this morning and they were looking at a house and, and when I instantly looked at the house and the price they wanted for it, I was like, wow, that's cheap. What's wrong with it? Uh, and that, that's just where your brain goes. When you see things that stick out like a sore thumb, right? And it's either an opportunity or it's a red flag. And I did some homework for them for about an hour, came back and I was just like, guys, my two cents here is there's just too many questions about this house, right? It's the same sort of thing. You present an offer, they got a long chain, they haven't sold their place, whatever it is. There's too many questions about this offer. Let's keep going got them in our pocket. Let's move forward. You said something there, Aaron, that I just want to double back on. And I'm going to mention again in our wrap up after this, because I think it's the mentality uh, and it's the result that every agent out there is chasing. You said that uh, your process, collaboration with your vendors, that relationship you have makes it impossible for other agents. So it's not, it's not a UB piece of technology. It's not doing uh, bigger ads or whatever it might be, you know, it's not accompanied viewings or what, you know, the sort of thing that everyone answers when they say they're different, right? It's an involvement and a relationship an investment upfront of time in getting to know these people, getting to know their property and leveraging what they already know and folding that into your proven process that makes it impossible for other agents. And I think that's incredibly hard to replicate, which is why you're happy to, you know, talk about it so openly today. Everyone, he's smiling. He's like, yeah, it is hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I think I think it's important. You got to go and work out. Everyone listening to this, right? The one percent of you that'll go and take some action from today. What is what? It, what can you do that makes it impossible for somebody else to compete? What's your secret element? How do you fold that special source into your own process to make things happen for your agency? And, and, and another example of that as well, Sam is. I mean, recently we just got instructed on the most beautiful house in Finsbury Park, um, bordering Crouch End. And we got instructed alongside another agent. Another, the other agent's a great agent too, but re, you know, really run by good people. And they got an offer on it uh, prior to us. And the vendor come back to me and, I, and they said, look, I've got this offer. Had, what do you think of it? And I said, well, on the basis of, of what you've told me, it has some legs to it, but what I'd want to know more. And mm. the vendor said to me, it's the first time the vendor was selling because it was a family home, they inherited it, et cetera. So it was unaware of the process. I said, but if you're just, if just on value alone, I think it's a great offer. But there's questions that we need to know. And they were like, like what? And I said, you know, what's their buying position? Are they in a chain? Because you know, we need to clarify that. You know, what's their, more, their, their financial position? Have they been qualified? You know, are there funds in the UK? Are they abroad? You know, a number, and all, all of a sudden, I said, we need to, you need to profile that particular buyer. Mm. And then what ended up happening was the vendor said, you know, I really appreciate your advice because everything you've said to me now makes sense, but I'm not in the business. Um, and I basically said, subject to all the, all, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's, I think it's a great buy and it's something that you should consider. Anyway, within a week, they'd come back to me and 
it said actually do you know what um they are in a chain then they're not they're not on the market so they're not actually a perceivable buyer Mm. and you know the other agent was encouraging them to withdraw it from the market they're sole subject to contracts and that's not looking after the vendor's best interest and sometimes you know i always look at these and i always say this you know you know wholeheartedly with conviction problems are opportunities in disguise (laughs) it would have been very easy for me to have been you know, uh, what's the offer and bad mouth the offer, you know, we potentially we could get more, but I thought, no, absolutely not. You know, it's, it is a good offer, but it's, you have to look at the granular stuff because the granular stuff is really where it will confirm whether it's a good offer, whether it's a great offer. They just weren't in a proceedable position. So again, it's another example of being different. You know, being proud to be different because that's, you know, the difference between the good and the great, in my view. 100%. Yeah, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about how you've you've built the business. And having had a bit of a look at the website, it seems like culture and community are sort of really close to your heart, very important within the business. We'd like to talk about both of those for a moment, if if we can. But I want to absolutely with local community. Um, from the looks of things, you look like you put an awful lot into that. Um, so I wanted to know how rewarding is that for you and your team, both personally and professionally? Do you know, can I go slightly even deeper than that as well it, with you guys? Yeah, please. So typically myself and my partners, we're all from the North London area. Um, we all come from very, very humble beginnings. Um, I was brought, um, born into a single parent household, um, you know, lived on the a council estate, um, you know, but ultimately I was given I was blessed with a lot of love from my from my parents my mom my grandparents um but you know growing up my mom used to have two jobs my grandparents had two three jobs um hard work in at, was was just the norm I knew no, I knew no other um and as I grew up you know my mom would go above and beyond at every opportunity just to, you know the little things to sh- shower me with love and time and it, it was incredible so as we was when i worked in eight corporate agencies they were faceless like you know it was it was all about them it was never about you know let's give let's provide let's create communities it was all about you know what ultimately where's the next town coming from so when we set up david Astrid, i got together with my partners and it was like who do we want to be because we wanted the identity to be very very clear and you know what? It was easy, easy for us to define what we didn't want to be. You know, we wanted to be a, a service-based model, not a transactional. Um, we wanted to be deeply uh, embedded in our communities. Um, that was an absolute non-negotiable for us. And the service that we wanted to create and deliver was, it had to be flawless. And when I say flawless, it didn't mean that we had to necessarily always get the result, but we had to create raving fans. And we were that confident if we created fans, we would create an incredible culture internally, which would help create communities externally. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like success starts at home. And it, when I say at home, it's, you know, your your home, your office, everyone in there. It just spreads like wildfire, right? I couldn't agree more. I, and and the, what ended up happening is, you know, since, the, since our formation, you know, the, the, we've got... One thing that I must say about us, you know, the business is, is certainly not a success because of me 
Um, it's certainly not a success because I've got great partners. The business is a success because we have great colleagues that we work alongside. Mm. You know, we always said when we started, you know, we wanted to be an agency with a difference. You know, we didn't want to have, you know, teacher-pupil relationships. It's We wanted to have partners in the business. Um, and we're very, very fortunate. You know, we have, since our formation, we, we've got two individuals who have been with us since our formation, um, two incredible individuals. Um, we've had people with us for four years, three years, like people, you know, it's lots of the key figures in the business who pride themselves on the service, you know, are passionate about going above and beyond and committed to delivering their, our clients the best possible uh, service and result. You know, that all the key ingredients are there to have an incredibly successful operation. Um, it's just my job to make sure that we can consistently um, deliver the best possible service at every opportunity. Mm. Um, I'm going to ask you a question I reckon we've asked 30 times over three years uh, and I reckon we've had some similar answers but never the same and, and it, it's on that uh, partnership point that you just made there right so I agree with you a, a business is it, its success can be determined not by the captain of the ship but by everybody's working together right it is that collegiate atmosphere so this is gonna be a recruitment question so you're sitting down you got to, you, you you see three people all of whom are like I want to work for you how do you find the person that's going to fit into that culture? What do you look for? What are the questions that you ask? How do you know that someone's a partner and not just a, a follower who just wants to get a salary and hope for the best? That's a great question. Do you know what? Something that we do, recruitment's been, ugh, recruitment has been a, a, a <laughs> challenge. An obstacle for, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. to put it politely. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like, you know, our hires, I mean, when we've got them right, we've got them unbelievably right. Mm. But it's kind of, there's, there's a process to it. Um, for me, what really gets us going is I want to know people's purpose, their why. This is so important. Because if I, you know, Sam, you know, if, if you, I'm sitting, you're sitting in front of me and, and we're talking about what you're hoping to achieve. If I don't know why, what your purpose is, how can I help you deliver on your personal goals? Because... For me, it's not just about what we do, you know, what we achieve professionally. I want to help you get to the place where you want to get to personally as well. Um, and for us, you know, <laughs> interestingly enough, the directors, you know, we were, a few of us were foul footballers. Um, and lots of that camaraderie, lots of that teamwork, the bonding, the energy, mm. that we've taken into to a professional environment. Um, so we look for lots of, you know, teamwork, you know, people who, who, who are hard workers. We, we profile certain individuals as well. So we love people who are, you know, fouled athletes, footballers, runners, mm. et cetera, because they're committed, they're disciplined. You know, we love people who are, have potentially been like ex-army, for example. Now, these people are unbelievably disciplined, very laser focused. Um, some of our best colleagues and partners in the business actually come from retail hard workers, believe in delivering great customer service and actors, people who, you know, budding actors, people who are, they can adapt, they can, they're the chameleons, whatever the environment. So these are four profiles that we absolutely love. Mm. Um, and to be fair, those four profiles have done very, very well in the business at, at, at David Asprey's. Isn't it fascinating that, you just said that the people who do well in, in your business, and actually this I think is across the board regardless of where you're operating in, in a lot of industries, not just a state agency, but 
you're looking for people who have who are committed to a discipline or focus. They've got a good work ethic, and yet, if you asked somebody to describe an estate agent, they would say something along the lines of they've got a gift of the gab or something like that. <laughs> and and what a what a fundamental difference what you just said versus perhaps what the expectation of a lot of people is and why. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit the same as you. Like we've had some in- incredible highs and we've had some highs that looking back on it, you think, was I just looking for somebody, you know? Um, and it just happened. Um, it's like that when you date somebody, isn't it? Everyone's got success stories <laughs> in dating. And we've all had, we've all had the opposite of that as well. Um, yeah. So it's just, it, it is fascinating that you identify that and you know exactly what to look for, but so many people assume it's going to be the opposite of that. And that's, that's some of the work that we've got to do as an industry to sort of change that is if people suddenly start expecting their real estate agent to be hardworking and committed and disciplined and focused instead of just good at shit talk, then wouldn't think things will then start to change, won't they? So keep doing the work that you're doing. Do you know, and on, on that, from a recruitment perspective, I think our business has, we've gone through a number of transitions over the years and how we adapt and evolve to that, you know, pre Free coat, you're gonna laugh honestly. I can't even, I laugh myself now when I talk about this. <laughs> Up until COVID, we thought there was a certain type of individual that we wanted. These were very cheeky chappies, you know, very kind of people who, who wanted to change their life, people who were come from foul sports backgrounds. Um, but what ended up happening is, you know, we ended up be, delivering incredible results. Um, which was great. But then when, when it comes to kind of reviews and service, because we used to audit and get lots of feedback from our, our consumer, our client base, you know, the service was like, oh, it was good. And there was a lot of, it was good. You know, you got the result. But I was like, I think we're missing a trick here, but because we want to be great. Mm. And then the profile of the individual that we then started post-COVID changed dramatically because what ended up happening is during COVID, I think it, it reinvented the world. And lots of people were looking for different things. Um, and what we've done off the back of that was we created a spreadsheet, which basically with every, every staff member into this spreadsheet, and we basically started looking for common denominators. So like now, for example, the people who are absolutely thriving in, in our business are people who are in relationships who don't live at home, for example. They're people who have re- even recently had kids or, or or have a number of children. These are people who are even married or engaged. Mm. And all of a sudden, so now, you know, when we've narrowed it down. So now it's not a um, a, uh, a sporadic choice. It's a top, when we recruit now, it's targeted. We know the certain profiles that work very, very well. And again, it's about having, you know, t- teamwork is together. Everyone achieves more. That's where we want to be. Um, and because of exercises like this, it really helped the business um, transform and go to new heights over the last few years because we've opened out our second branch in, in Islington and Upper Street. You know, we, we, we're, we're acquiring other businesses at the minute. We're on a journey, but we mm. want to be with great people. And the great people want to be on that journey as well, right? They'll see that you're growing for the right reasons, not just to put another pin on a map and say, we've also gone here and we've got a network of X number of offices and we'll put signs everywhere, et cetera. Um, I'm really conscious of your time, but there's a, we've sort of talked about culture and we, we've talked about community and that's where we wanted to focus this conversation. But 
uh, I, I'm interested. This is there's, there's two reasons I'm asking this question. One, because I used to live there and I'm interested uh, still. Secondly, um, I think it's it's important that we we bring this these conversations that we're having into sort of reality as well and and talk about what we're all facing out there. So one of the questions that every agent is asked every single day, right, is how's the market, right? So I'm interested, if someone's asking you this question last week of April, 2023, when you hear this today, how do you answer it? Or how are you training your colleagues to answer that question? What are you guys seeing out there and how are you dealing with it? It's a, it's, it's, it's a great question to ask. So I do a lot of mystery shopping. So like you know, <laughs> from a recruitment perspective, I'm always mystery shopping. And what the, what <laughs> the difference in the answers that I get when I'm out mystery shopping, they're wide and varied. I mean, there's chalk and there's cheese. Um, and what, the one thing which you, you notice very quickly is there's no there's no clarity. It's like there's no people are allowed to think on their feet, which is, you know, some environments might be fine. I think for us, again, going back to us wanting to be different, when people are asking, you know, how you find in the market, I mean, we always try to turn turn the question, which is how are you finding the market? And 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 the reason for that is because then you start under, understanding people's motivation because you know, if you're just doing apples for apples, you know, ultimately it goes back to kind of maybe what agents historically were, which was, you know, at times a, a little bit of, you know, wide boy air, a lot, a lot of hot air. But the the industry, I think, has, has moved on tremendously, which is now what lots of businesses now, they're, they're service driven. Mm. But in, in, in being a service driven model, it's kind of, you know, you understand people's motivations, their whys, you know, for example, the lady who um, who I spoke to on Friday afternoon, she, we was talking about the market conditions. She just lost out on a few properties, and she said to me, "Like, how how are we seeing the market?" And I said, "Look, at David Asprey's, there's a number of things that we do. So not all of our houses within a certain area go to market." And she was flabbergasted by that, yeah. and she she asked, "Like, why is that the case?" And I said, "Look, sometimes we might do discrete marketing." Sometimes there, there, may, there may be a reason why it's being done off market. And that's to find maybe biting point on price potentially. There's a number of factors. But the one thing I said, encourage them to do is speak to loads of agents. Find out who's got the most reviews. Find out, you know, ultimately engage with people who you think ultimately who have got similar products to products that you would like. Mm. Um, but you've got, to, it, it, you've got to be courageous. You've got to be bold to be different. Because if, if if you're taking every inquiry and you're saying, oh, yeah, the markets are flying, you know, they're booming. You know, the reality is this point last year, interest rates were at one and a half, two percent. You know, in September, uh, September last year, they topped out like six, six and a half percent. You know, so ultimately that was always going to impact because if the cost of debt becomes more expensive, you know, naturally it's going to it's going to all have a ripple. Yep. So what we've done internally is we've said to our vendors or anyone we're engaging with, you know, we have to be we have to be sensible because it had swung. You know, it always historically we've had you know you know we've had stamp duty changes etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's been a vendor's market, and ultimately, if in, when interest rates did spike, it did basically mean that there would be a little bit of a market reset in terms of prices. And again, that creates opportunities for buyers. So, mm. you know, the markets can swing literally almost on a weekly to monthly basis, Sam. And I don't think there's a, a one glove that, that fits all approach. Of, but 
You have to be nimble. You have to adapt. Um, but the one thing that you cannot compromise on is service um, because ultimately you're, we're there in, to do a job. And to I think the mindset, I think typically everyone's always said, you know, the vendors are my clients. Mm. Um, but we have, at David Ashbridge, we have a very different mindset, which is, you know, they buyers become tomorrow's vendors. And when you, you change the mindset and philosophy around that, you know, you don't just treat the vendors like, you know, like you would treat your grandparents, for example. You know, you also treat the buyers with the love, the care and, and respect they deserve. And that's a massive, you know, it's, it's a mindset mm. shift, which creates a world of opportunity for David Asprey. Love that. Yeah, I love that. And, and the thing that I really like about your answer to the <clears throat> the question there, Aaron, and I think throughout this chat, we can we can just see some little nuggets about those marginal gains that you've that you've talked about. And the one in, in the market that I think really sort of stands out is that you're not just giving people the information that you think they want to hear. You're actually taking the time to listen to them and to understand the, the client's motivations. So that's going to be one of the big things that that I, I take out of the chat. So um, from Sam and I and from all of all of the listeners, a massive thank you uh, for the time. It's been really interesting to, to dive a little bit into the business and to see how you how you give that service. So thank you very much. Guys, thank you for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Love listening. Keep up the great work. A massive thank you once again to Aaron Cox from David Asprey's for joining us on today's podcast. Sam, um, he was recommended and he certainly didn't disappoint. You can see throughout the conversation how passionate he is about the the industry um, and also how passionate he is about standing out and making sure that his company's service stands them apart from, from the competition. Um, and I don't want, you know, I'm, I'm aware that this podcast has you know been of a certain length already so we're not going to do a, a really long wrap up we just wanted to pick one or a couple of things out that um sort of jumped out to to each of us so what did you think what are your sort of main takeaways from from that that great chat uh for me it was uh, i'm going to come back to the point that we kind of uh, expanded on i guess uh while we were still talking Aaron but just just the difference between what people think uh, an estate agent is versus what a good agent actually is right so yeah. uh we've just done and we're going to focus on traits and adjectives and everything like that again we've we've just done the a to z of of you know great real estate agents and coming off the back of that aaron sits down and says you know when i'm hiring somebody i look for commitment discipline focus and work ethic you know I, he doesn't look for someone who's got good chat at yeah. the end of the day, you know, and actually good chat, I think is a fundamental part of this skill, but it's who can listen most, right? Mm. The art of conversation is in the listening. And this, like, I, I'm well aware of the irony in that coming from uh, a medium where all we have to do is talk, right? Um, and that's why we have guests because it gives us an opportunity to shut up and listen. And then ideally have this conversation at the end about what resonated to us. And I think if everybody out there was hiring based on commitment, discipline, focus, and work ethic, right and ask people how do you define commitment how do you define discipline what does it look like to you you know how do you know when you're focused how easily distract i had a conversation with a mate of mine today and i was like i am the world's best procrastinator i've probably said it 20 times on this podcast and i i recognize and accept that as a weakness that i need to work on day in day out and i you know find ways to make that work for me um, but I wouldn't question my work ethic on top of that when I do get in that focus and I get in that flow and I can find that discipline knowing my weaknesses. So that like 
that's my that's my takeaway from today is is everyone wants to grow their business and you can grow it by working hard or you can grow up by hiring the right people and if you if you want to hire the right people you do worse than to go back and listen to that two or three minute chunk where Aaron walked it through who's done really well for them and what's actually he said COVID uh, reinvented the world and they completely flipped on their head the kind of person they were looking for and mm-hmm. it's done absolute wonders for them so that was it for me yeah and I think actually you you say about listening and you talked about listening to team members in the hiring process, actually, it's probably one of the traits that ran right through that podcast because he talked about, and I thought it was a really interesting question, uh, a really interesting answer to your question about the market. He talked about flipping it, didn't he? And actually finding an opportunity to listen to people, to understand their, their motivations. And actually it's a, it's a key skill that he, uh, talked around in that in that podcast but the one thing that i want to uh just focus on i loved it when he said that he views problems as opportunities in disguise i think that's a really mm-hmm. outlook on life not just work but you know li- life in general and i think that actually you know it probably goes some way to you know realizing how that how they've been successful and then the final thing i just want to talk about um be- before we wrap up is his 100 meter race analogy in regards to mm. this, how he wants to deliver such a fantastic service with many touch points as he as he talked about, so that if any other agent is trying to take his stock, they're already 50 meters behind. And I think actually that analogy is something that is really quite powerful as every, every time you deliver a good piece of service or you listen and you go above and beyond, you move, you know, five or 10 meters up the, up the track. So I think that was, I felt that was, was quite powerful. And you can see how that would resonate with, with his team members, in my opinion. I love that. Uh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, as you say, um, a massive thank you once again to Aaron for, for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the, the show. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please uh, reach out on social to either Sam, myself or Aaron. Share it with colleagues and friends alike. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week. This episode was sponsored by Revis.com. If you are looking to grow your new build department, you should check out Revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid. If you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet, allow them to actually customize kitchens floor coverings, wallpaper, that sort of thing, then Revis.com is a great tool and I suggest that you check it out.